Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by the Raw Raw Spirit Team. Building a business can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. We teach small and medium-sized businesses strategies for building a profitable, successful, stress-free business and life. Because guess what? You are more than your business. Through one-on-one training, online courses, and monthly guest experts, the Spirit Team is built on the principle of building each other up in business and in spirit. Try it for 14 days for free. Just head to rawrawconsulting.com and check out the Raw Raw Spirit Team. Afterlight. My guest today is Kiandra Vadis, who is a psychic medium and spiritual mentor who has a passion for teaching and guiding others. Kiandra went through the deepest part of her spiritual awakening at around 24, and it was during this time she discovered just how sensitive and intuitive she is. She quickly saw herself embracing all aspects of herself and came to understand that she was in fact an empath. Kiandra grew up as a psychic medium, becoming well-known and respected for her readings and intuitive guidance, and Kiandra found herself teaching both spiritual growth and personal growth to people who came to her. She is joining me to talk about all things empathic. Hi, Kiandra. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. So let's start at the beginning. I mean, we don't have to go way, way, way back. Maybe your spiritual journey sort of really kicked off around the age of 24. I kind of alluded to it in your bio, but I do like to kind of find out from my guests when I speak to them initially, sort of how their spiritual journey kind of kicked off. Would you mind sharing that? Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it was pretty confusing because I always knew that I was intuitive and I had a fascination with cards and crystals and all the woo-woo kind of things growing up. Um, But I never, like, believed that I could be a psychic or even knew what an empath was. Um, And then it was around 24, I just, I, I started going through an emotional roller coaster. I was very confused about my journey and who I was and suddenly everything that I felt just didn't make sense to me anymore. And I just was extremely emotional. And I I remember thinking, what is going on with me? And I remember my husband was like, let me help you. Like, what can I do to help you? And I was like, I don't know, because I don't even know myself. And I I didn't realize at that time, but I was actually in the the midst of a massive spiritual awakening. And um, I didn't realize that spiritual awakenings were not necessarily these happy butterflies, rainbows (laughs) that you think they're going to be. Um, No, they're not. (laughs) No, (laughs) definitely not. And so I, I just knew that there was something more. I started to feel like there had to be more to my life. There had to be more to, to who I am. And I was really curious about finding myself um, and it's true that sometimes pain is is the one thing that can, you know, project you forward and actually make you uh, curious as as to what is ours. So yeah. I started to read, you know, books and, and look for different courses and 
uh, it was then that I realised at that time there wasn't a lot, you know, there wasn't a lot available at that time. And, mm. um, yeah, it was just a, it was just a bit uh, confusing, but it really set me on my path to opening and awakening spiritually. I find that, you know, for my spiritual journey, it, you know, I think we all sort of have these catalysts that happen where we go, oh, you know, and, and then we, yeah, like you said, we find information in books or, or those around us. And then all of a sudden our journey just kind of evolves from there. Were there any books in particular that stood out that kind of kicked off, you know, your awareness that there's this whole other world that maybe you hadn't really known about? Uh, I feel that the biggest one would be A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. It just, I feel like it's a book that you have to be ready for. Um, like oh, yes. it could sit on your shelf for months and then you just suddenly, you know, look at it and go, okay, I feel like reading this. And um, it, it really just changed a lot for me and how I looked at things and really started to dive, like dive into my ego and learning about letting go of, you know, different things that I was attached to. And I feel like that helped me a lot with uh, opening up a lot more. And, and then I did also, um, I started to look a lot more into Doreen Virtue and then that really put me on the path of, you know, psychic readings and, and intuitive guidance and, and connecting to the angels. That's, that's a really big part of who I am. Yeah, I love that. And one thing I will just say is that uh, my spiritual journey has been kind of up and down. And mm -hmm. I, there was a period where I basically took four years off of, yes. you know, not even wanting to have, I just went, nope, I, I can't do, I, I overwhelmed myself, basically what happened. But yes. during that four years, I refound a new earth and the power of now. And I do want to say for our listener at home, what Keandra said is true because I had uh, the power of now for years and I tried reading it three times and it never worked. And then <laughs> during my like break, I read, um, the power of now and then a new earth and it changed my whole life. And so, yeah. And so I, I could talk to you about that subject alone forever. Um, I'm so happy that I found a fellow, you know, person who understands that, yes. uh, but we will move on. But one thing I will say for our listener at home is that if, if, you know, you are interested in that content, Oprah and Eckhart actually have a podcast called a new earth. Did you know about this, Keandra? I didn't. I didn't. That's great. Yes. In 2008, they did a whole series on Skype on YouTube where people called in and they went through every single chapter and real people called in and asked questions and they dissected every single chapter. So it's like wow. 10 hours of free content and you can get that wherever it is you get your podcasts. Um, they basically took the whole YouTube show and they put it on... Um, on a podcast. So if, if any, anything that you've said to our listener at home, you know, rings true, you want to um, check it out. So anyway, thanks for that. And uh, I'll just say too, it's interesting during virtues change. Oh, absolutely. I think that, that I saw that that uh, confused a lot of people. I had a lot of people coming to me and they were feeling very confused on, you know, whether they should still continue or use her cards or, um, you know, completely change their path. And 
And my guidance was just to do what intuitively feels right for you. Um, Everyone is entitled to their own beliefs and it's not on us to judge. And perhaps that she uh, was supposed to help us in that time and she's now just moving on to to the next stage of people she needs to help from a, you know, a, a, a different community. Right. I never thought about that. Can you quickly sum up what we're talking about just in case our listener at home is confused? I didn't really ask that question in a very clear way. That's okay. That's all right. So yeah, with Doreen Virtue, she uh, was very into new age, uh, you know, her her cards and creating books and connecting to the angels. And uh, I'm not sure exactly how long into her journey, but she found um, her faith. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly if it's Catholic. I can't. I can't remember I exactly. Know. Or um, Christianity. I think but Christianity. She, I think. Yeah, Christianity. Sure. And she um, took back all of her learnings and um, quickly uh, rebutted pretty much everything that she had put out there. So it it really confused a lot of people, but I still personally use her cards. I still resonate with everything that I learned. um, And I just look at it as it's just now her time to, you know, teach another a community of people who may be needing her guidance through through that. So yeah, well said. One of the things that I associate um, being empathic with is being in tune with yourself and your own feelings. And you kind of talked about it there a few times when you were mentioning how, you know, it still feels right to you. It still connects right to you. And when you're talking to your clients, you're really enforcing that if the messages feel right and that still connects with Mm -hmm. them to really honor that. So is that what being an empath is? Is that innate feeling or how would you describe being an empath or what is empath, you know, being empathic, I guess? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually uh, many different kinds of empaths. A lot of the time, um, people think being an empath just falls under this this one category, but there's actually different subcategories of being an empath. Um, and an intuitive empath is, in fact, one of them. So that is mm-hmm. where you lead your life through your intuitive guidance and trust in those gut feelings and, um, you know, your faith and, and really just trust in your path and following what you're feeling at that time. But there's there's other different kinds of empaths like um, an emotional empath. So an emotional empath is somebody who can absorb the emotions of somebody else that can pick up the emotions of the people that they are around. Um, You have a a physical empath who can pick up physical um, pains in the body, physical illnesses, things like that, that are happening to other people around them or to who they're talking to. Um, You've got like an animal empath who they um, have like this very strong in tune connection to animals, you know, all sentient beings, um, earth empaths, geomantic empaths. Like there are actually so many wow. different types. Yeah. So it's, it's, and you can be more than one. So for example, like I physically pick up the pains of other people or people I'm talking to illnesses, emotions. I'm an animal intuitive. Um, Like I pretty much fall under, under all categories myself, but not everyone will be in tune with animals, but they may be intuitive. Does that make sense? 
Yes, it does. It means that you probably have certain strengths which fall under the banner of empath and some of them are more developed than others or you could even develop some of them if you have a predisposition to a certain thing. Absolutely, absolutely. And I found the more that I opened up spiritually and started to embrace my um, you know, myself as an empath and my, my emotional connection and physical connection, then I became an animal empath. And I'm only mm. recently now um, becoming more in tune with like plants and nature. And um, so the more you grow and develop and, and just embrace who you are as a whole, you may find that you do start to embody those characteristics of those other empaths as well. It's so interesting. So I always kind of thought that being an empath with just being a really sensitive person who also could pick up on things. So is it possible to just be a very sensitive person, but not empathic or do the two go together? No, no, definitely. So um, you can be like empathetic. So some people may be empathetic to, um, you know, people's situations and, and have this, um, you know, sense of emotional connection to the person of what's going on. But as an empath, you put yourself in that position. You feel what that person is going through. Something that I see a lot with empaths, they tend to, um, once that, that situation or, or person is gone, they'll hold on to it as if it's their own and, and keep it as if it's their own emotionally or physically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that an empath definitely has to kind of navigate through as well. Okay, so that's that brings me to a question that I have because I um, was on a call with somebody the other day on a Zoom call. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, right, my wrist starts hurting. So I'm sitting there and I'm just like rubbing my wrist. And they said, oh, does your wrist hurt? And I said, yeah, but it, but it just kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't say that. I just said, yeah, it does. And then I went, wait a minute, does your wrist hurt? And they said, yes, it does. Mm-hmm. And then I thought to myself, well, how is that information useful to me? if I'm picking up on that. So I guess that's one of my questions. I have a lot around this subject. So let's let's start with that. So why is that information useful to me? Um, It's an interesting question. I feel that like for myself, when I'm picking up um, messages like that or physical pains, um, I can use it in a way where with psychic readings can help guide people or, or build a sense of connection. Um, but sometimes when it comes to physical pains, it can be hard for people to, you know, work out what is their own and work out what is not. Um, in the sense of like picking up the, the physical ailments, sometimes naturally as empaths, we absorb what is going on with other people, be it physically or emotionally, mm. to help take away some of the pain of what other people are experiencing. And it's actually not a conscious thing that we are doing. It's just we're natural nurturers, we're natural um, givers. And so with that, it's this unconscious natural thing that happens that we connect into somebody's um, emotional uh, pain or physical pain and we start to absorb and connect to one, build a connection with the person and then take on some of what they may be experiencing and take the load off almost. 
Right. And I have heard stories of, you know, sometimes animals do that. Like if there's a lot of grief, um, a dog or a cat or whoever, it, they might get sick. They might mm -hmm. take on the grief of their owner. Have you heard of that happening? Definitely. Sometimes animals will come into our lives specifically for that purpose, that, that they will be there during a, a time of hardship or, you know, a, a lot of emotional challenges. And um, they do, they definitely absorb uh, what we're going through and feelings and emotions and um, they're, they're natural healers themselves. So absolutely that happens. So I just have another question then. Maybe I'm hoping our listener at home can relate because I'm not trying to do a therapy session here or anything with you. But mm -hmm. I was hanging out with someone the other day and all of a sudden my neck started hurting. So I thought to myself, okay, is this what I think it is, right? Because <laughs> this has mm -hmm. happened before. So when I mentioned, does your neck hurt? They said it did, but it was on the opposite side of where I was feeling it. So I guess I'm kind of curious as to that was just a coincidence or can sometimes you tune into somebody's maybe pain and get these signs, but it's not reflecting in yourself the exact way that it reflects in them. Yeah, definitely. So it may not come through, um, you know, in the exact specific spot. It could be if you're sitting across and, and mirroring, it could be, um, okay. Um, that there's a few different reasons why it can happen, but um, yeah, it, it usually is just that uh, you're given the, the pain to absorb or um, so, for example, some people may have pain in their back, but you may feel it within your chest or in the, in the heart chakra or in your mm. stomach. Um, it just depends on where you emotionally hold different pain in your body as well if you are trying to help with the healing aspect of things. Okay. So you did talk a bit about how one of the reasons why getting this information is to help the person deal with the pain is to connect to them on some level is potentially to bring attention to something they've been ignoring or neglecting, let's say. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of mentioned that, you know, there's opportunities for us to kind of recognize whether or not this belongs to us. So I guess my question is, once you realize you know, this is, this doesn't belong to me. How do you then let that, let that go? Because I don't necessarily want to be walking around and I'm sure all empaths can relate holding on to people's stuff that would be probably not very healthy or helpful. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it with energy so everything is energy our emotions are energy you know um the the pains we're feeling everything around us and what happens is those emotions or those physical pains that we are taking on as empaths they they go somewhere within our body whether it's the same place or another place and without releasing it that energy cannot circulate or move and it will, um, it will uh, grow into uh, either a, an emotional challenge for ourselves or it can actually manifest into a physical ailment within ourselves. So over time, if you're not cleansing or cutting cords or releasing or um, bringing back the energy to yourself with love, then um, it can manifest into something else. So for, for a lot of empaths, um, they may find that they are more prone to illnesses. They're more prone to stomach or back issues um, or weight gain that they just can't shift because 
that uh, the emotions or physical pains they're picking up from other people manifest into physical, which then is the weight we hold in our body. So no matter what you're doing, sometimes it will, it just won't, it won't budge, it won't shift. Um, so it, it is imperative that you actually do, um, you know, cleanses and, and cord cuttings and things like that to shift the energy that is stuck within the body. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that you run the empath school. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Um, I do want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, the cleansing process that maybe mm-hmm. you do or what you might recommend to people who are listening. Um, I guess I, I wanted to just go back to the questions that I was asking you before, just to clarify one more thing, and then we'll move along, which is mm-hmm. essentially, you know, if I'm hanging out with somebody and I ask them, does your neck hurt? And they tell me yes, then I guess it's a pretty clear indication to me that that's not my stuff. But is it possible to figure out whether or not something belongs to you without inquiring about people around you? And also, could you be picking up on stuff from someone, even if they're not in the same vicinity and are simply connected to you through love, like family? Mm -hmm. I'm under the impression there's a lot of people who are connected to family and they don't necessarily have the same boundaries in place. Yeah, so uh, a little technique that I use is I just simply ask so everything is about intention everything with with life with spirituality is intention and so I just put the intention out there and I ask if this is not my own please take it away if this is not my own can you please take it away and I'll just be aware of this the spot or the pain or the emotion anxiety whatever it is you're feeling and generally within a matter of 30 seconds, it will dissipate or go away. Um, And if it sticks around, you can ask again, if this is not my own, please take it away. And if it sticks, it is something that your body is trying to tell you or your own emotions. Um, But it pretty much works every single time that I do it. And it's something that I teach uh, in my workshop and classes. and, And it seems to work for everyone else as well. So it's definitely a technique you can do. Um, and then when it, yeah. And then when it comes to, um, could you be picking up those signs if it's not necessarily someone in the room or someone around yeah. you, you absolutely could be picking up, uh, things going on with, um, a loved one or a best friend, anybody that you are emotionally attached to. Um, and how that happens is we have something called an ethereal cord or an etheric cord. And it's pretty much like an umbilical cord. It's made of energy. And every single day we are attaching these cords to different um, people or situations just through intention or, or conversations. But as um, we grow, we have our cords, they start to thicken. So the people who we have a lot of interactions with or a stronger bonds with, we have uh, these thicker, bigger energy cords attached to, and we send our uh, thoughts and energy and pains and emotions back and forth through these cords. And that is actually how you are picking up on what is going on with people, even if they're not in your aura or around you. Mm. So this is why you may hear about cord cutting, cutting yes. your cord, cleansing and your Archangel cord. Archangel Michael, baby. Yes, absolutely. He's the best to do that with. Um, But that's why people talk about cutting cords or cleansing cords, because it's important that even with your loved ones, you're keeping those channels through that cord clear. So you're not as well sending, you know, your emotional challenges or things going 
on to the people you love. Yeah, that's true. It goes both ways, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a bit more about cleansing now, because, you know, those of us and those, you know, people listening to this podcast probably are interested in spirituality, you would think. Otherwise, glad to have you along, but not sure what you're doing here. You might be lost. Um, But, you know, you know, cutting cords and cleansing and these sort of things could be familiar terms, even if it's not something that people are necessarily doing. So can we talk a bit about the importance of that? I mean, we have physical showers every day, most of us. So is it just as important, if not more so? Ah, oh, definitely. I I use the term spiritual hygiene. And <laughs> we, we take care of our, our physical hygiene, as you said, by showering and brushing teeth and, you know, taking care of our, our, our physical hygiene. And it's just as important to get into the same habits of, you know, your energy your energy hygiene and and cleansing or um, just visualizations, meditations. Uh, Again, just intention is enough. As long as that intention is is, um, strong enough, then absolutely getting into Mm. that routine of doing these things is really important. I think sometimes, you know, when, when you were talking there, I heard somebody and they put up an objective, an objection and they're like, yeah, but how do you know how to do it? So, you know, when it comes back to what you're saying with your intention, if you are taking the time, you know, to have those deep cleansing breaths and you're wanting Mm -hmm. all, you know, is that enough if the intention is strong or how do you determine if an intention is strong or not? I guess. You will feel it within your body. You will feel it within your, your body, your mind. You know, if something feels off, in yourself or if you're feeling um you know anxious thoughts or extra tired or Mm. um, obsessively thinking about things there's a lot of different signs of of needing a big spiritual release or cleanse and generally it's when you're just feeling emotionally or physically off that is a big indication that there may be something that needs to be released or is going on so yeah it's about being in tune with your body and really just listening to um how you're feeling or what your body is trying to tell you. Um, But the intention itself is, is definitely enough. Some people do feel more empowered when they're using things such as crystals or, um, you know, uh, mantras, chanting, meditation, Archangel Michael, you know, calling on the archangels. And that's perfectly fine. You definitely, um, you know, it's great to be able to have that connection to these, these, um, these energies or these tools. But it is really important for people to know that you yourself are enough Otherwise, people can be like, I left my crystals at home and I'm not protected today. And, uh, and so it is, the intention is definitely enough. But just using those extra things definitely ramps things up when it comes to, you know, protection and clearing and cleansing. And, and yeah, it, it, it really comes down to personal choice. But intention is definitely enough. I love that, though, because you are enough and you don't want to be kind of stuck somewhere feeling that you need to cleanse and then feeling like you can't do it. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So how common is, you know, be, is the gift of being an empath or being empathic? And do you qualify that as a gift if you had to put a label on it, which, you know, Eckhart's work. So I'm not saying we need to identify with all this stuff, but you know, if we had to name it, let's say, is it a gift? 
Um, I would say it's a definitely a gift. I would definitely class it as a gift, but I, I feel it comes down to, again, the intention of how you use it. Some empaths would look and go, oh, this is, this is not a gift. This is too much. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I struggle with day-to-day life where I'm struggling really bad with understanding why I pick up pains or why I, I am so emotional all the time. And, and this is why I, I created Empath School was for highly sensitive people, so not just empaths, but highly sensitive people and empaths to educate um, and and have them have a safe place to learn about themselves and to grow mm-hmm. and learn how to protect and do all of these things. Yeah. Um, not not everyone is an empath, as we said before, but it is something that as you grow spiritually, um, you may start to to find that you do start to resonate with the different aspects of being an empath. Yeah, yeah, I like that, and I think that you know like you're kind of talking about whether or not you're in tuned or not, it's probably still a great idea for you to cleanse and mm. take a lot of the things that you've, you've mentioned into account because, you know, everything is energy regardless of whether or not you have a gift or a label on, on, you know, some of the things that you can do. And so being aware that, you know, this mm. is a possibility is probably also important, I guess. Definitely. And with today, there are definitely more empaths today than there probably has ever been. I feel that, you know, things are definitely shifting and changing and more people are sensitive. We are more sensitive to one another. We are using our voices. And something that that is also definitely coming up is um, our children. You know, the, our children are more sensitive now, and this is why we do um, parenting courses for for parents with um, empath or sensitive kids. Um, so even if you're not an empath, if you have sensitive children, you can um, you can definitely you can definitely you know still grow and learn and understand that. Yes, because when you are able to help your children when they are young, it avoids them from being really screwed up adults. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And and just having an understanding that, you know, with children who are sensitive, they may have behavioral issues because they don't understand why they're feeling the way that they are. Mm. Um, And sometimes that can be confusing for parents because they may not understand as well that their children are empaths and absorbing the energy of the home or what is going on around them. So um, it's it's really great for, for everyone to, I guess, understand how to to because it's not even just for empaths how to cleanse and clear and all of that it's really important for everybody to be able to take care of energetically you know who they are yeah I agree with that so before we get into the empath school because I'm really interested in speaking with you on that can we just quickly talk about triggers because when you were talking earlier about you know how sometimes people feel that you know maybe you know being an empathic is really difficult they've got you know it's really difficult to kind of balance that. I mean, I know myself, I sometimes have struggled with that where if I give too much energy, talk to too many people, it burns me out. Or if I read news stories or hear things that are really uncomfortable uh, or let's say ugly, that it really just Mm -hmm. sticks, sticks to me until I can cleanse that. And uh, 
I find that sometimes really difficult. So do you kind of recommend that people who have these tendencies that they avoid reading the news or they avoid hanging out with people that maybe are, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, not good for them, for example, yeah. substances, like, or at least overindulging? Are, are yeah. there things to pay attention to? Oh, definitely. I, I feel that um, that's a really big sign of being, you know, a, an emotional empath, especially is when you do get distraught watching uh, the news or, or movies or things like that. You, you're, you're emotionally connecting to what is happening in, uh, on the television. Um, and it can be so overwhelming that even if you're the happiest person in the world, it can really just lower your vibration and bring you down to a point of um, feeling depressed or feeling anxious. And um, so it, it is important that you keep things that are of high vibration. So again, energy, we're talking about everything's energy. Energy is, yeah. you know, a vibration. Keeping things at the highest vibration, reading um, things that inspire you and meditating and just putting in your space things that are going to keep you feeling happy and, and feeling yeah. love and all of the, the, um, the high vibration emotions rather than things that are going to affect you on that negative um, level. But um, there's a lot of different triggers that people may find, even our family or our friends or the closest people to us. Um, some people may hear the term energy vampires that comes up a, a lot within our, our spirituality community, but um, you know, and that's just where people literally take the energy from you or absorb the energy from you. And that can be an unconscious thing. Some people need more or, or they're needing more love or more nurture or more connection. So mm. they will become a little bit more needy or dependent on you as a person to help them or just your energy and vibration is needed because they needed to, to pick themselves up. So that can definitely yes. happen. Too. Yes. Yes. There's a thing called, I don't know if you've heard of this before, Keandra, but it's called the drama triangle. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. It's worth people Googling at home. I'll put a link to it, but it's basically that, you know, um, in a drama triangle, there's like different kind of, um, there's like the instigator. I can't remember all the terms I was trying to go with. I was trying to explain the rescuer term at the moment. So I'm kind of botching this whole example, but I will say that sometimes people are really kind of um, focused on rescuing everybody. Like you were just talking about there where, you know, sometimes people rely on you to lift me up. You always make me feel better. You know, I think a, a really good indication of whether or not a relationship is balanced is, okay, if, if you always make them feel better, do they also make you feel better? Do you both leave feeling good about, or do you feel drained? Mm -hmm. Definitely. That, that's, that's exactly right. And, yeah. and even with, you know, people like that doing things such as, um, like an example I like to, to do when I get to the end of my day, I like to just take those deep breaths and ground myself. And I just ask that any energy that I have put out or any incoming energy that has um, come through to me, that I, I have that energy returns with nothing but love and light and it's a really good way of actually seeing where your energy is going you may visually see it's like your phone or social media television all your friends family and you can see all of these little cords that are plugged into all of these these places um, 
So it's really important that you do have that energy returned to you with love and recognize, as you said, if there is, if you're doing it every day and there's this one person that your cords just keep going to um, and you realize it is draining you, then, um, you know, you can definitely speak to that person and um, or, or pull back if you can or cleanse your cords. There's different things that you can do to try and um, balance the energy of that relationship. Yeah. And I guess a large part of that is being in tune with yourself and making sure that you know that it's safe for you to put those boundaries in place. Because if you don't, you're the one who's going to get sick or, you know, be at a disservice. Chances are the other person won't be feeling that the same way. Although clearly if you're sick, then, you know, there's a whole other thing that goes into that with <laughs> exchanging of yes. energy. But at the same yes. time, some people do like to feed on that. Definitely. And the, the key word you said is uh, boundaries. Yeah. No, empaths, uh, what I have seen for years is boundaries seems to be the hardest thing for empaths. You know, learning to say no and knowing that it's okay to respect how you're feeling or respect um, that you need a break. As you said, you know, you needed to take four years off even um, with your yeah. spiritual journey because yeah. that was you respecting your boundaries of needing um, that, that personal break because it can be draining. Even growth and learning can sometimes be draining or overwhelming. So yeah. it's really about, you know, um, uh, as you said, being self-aware and understanding your boundaries and where they lie. Yeah, I love that. And actually on the Facebook Live of Raw Raw Consulting, R-A-H-R-A-H, I actually do a whole Facebook Live video on ways to say no. So if what Keandra has just said there is connecting with you, um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes and you can check it out because it's important. Like you said, I think there's a lot of guilt with saying no, right? People don't want to let people down, but I mean, you need to honor where you're at on your journey because it's your one beautiful life. Mm, definitely. And then it, and that's exactly right. And then it does, it affects um, everything rolls into one. So if you yeah. don't respect your boundaries in one space, you may find it is affecting all other avenues of your life as well. So that's, that's perfectly important. Yeah. And one thing I will just go back to is it, I was talking about the drama triangle. It's also called the Cartman triangle. So basically it's saying that there is like a triangle and then at the top or you know, and the different points, you've got persecutor, victim and rescuer. And basically to keep a drama going, you have to play in one of those roles. Mm -hmm. And I would assume that a lot of empaths often could play the either the victim or even the rescuer role. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it was just kind of interesting. So, okay, let's talk about the empath school. So you sort of talked about it at the very beginning about how you kind of, you know, brought it to fruition, I guess. You felt like there was a need for it. There's clearly a need for it. Tell mm -hmm. me about how you started it and um, does it live online? Do you have a physical location? Yeah, so I started off doing um, uh, spiritual retreats. My husband and I run spiritual retreats in Victoria, and we do a lot of online and in-person workshops. And it just kept growing and growing the need for 
um, support, education, um, you know, a safe space to connect with like-minded people. And we were doing it through um, our um, business explore dream discover which is where I'll do all of my readings and connect with people there and I realized that it just needed to have its own space you know have its mm. own space where people could um, connect with mentors trainers not just myself or not just my husband but um, you know a, a range of different skill sets from other empaths or other other sensitive people that could educate teach and and include you know everyone so that's how empath school came about it's um, a fairly new platform which is just growing rapidly which has been amazing we've been able to connect with just really beautiful people and already people are just thriving with the knowledge that they're getting and it is all online at this point empath school um and we are in the midst of creating something called the empath support portal which mm. is a membership where it gives empaths and highly sensitive people all the resources that they could need articles meditations um you know updated every single day different hip hypnosis um uh, a live webinars, like literally everything that an empath could need all in one space. And then obviously you've got your courses as well. That sounds really great. So what kind of people are going to the school? Is it, you know, empaths themselves? Are they um, parents with empath, like children as empaths, like you kind of talked about before? Is it people that just wish they were one? <laughs> yeah, no, so far we've connected with a range of different people. Um, we do have a parenting course. So we have parents that um, may not be empaths themselves, but are very curious around, you know, helping their children. Um, and then we've got a lot of empaths and highly sensitive people that are starting out on their journey. And then we have seasoned psychics that are needing to refresh, um, you know, certain skills on protection or learning skills that they then can teach their you know clients or people that they're connecting with um, and this is where the ripple effect I love the ripple effect of yeah. you know we get to help and um, educate people and then you will use it and you'll take it and use it with your family your friends or clients and then they use it and it's just this beautiful ripple effect and that's what it's all about. Yeah, I agree. What are some of the benefits you see to people being able to understand about their sensitivities or their tendencies? You know, what are some of the success stories that you've seen of people who have maybe come to you with really, you know, I'm sure you've seen many people with really dark or like just depressed energy mm -hmm. and then to kind of maybe come out the other side after they understood it more? it's it's truly magical witnessing and everyone's different like everyone has different things going on their journeys are different and it's completely embraced by not just us but the you know the other students there and the friendships that are made but uh, people that come through our courses watching where they start and again we always get the intention set at the start of you know why they're in the course or what they're looking mm. for and then when they come out that other side we've seen people um go from thinking that they're just 
parents, you know, having this identity as, oh, you know, I'm overly sensitive and I'm just a mum or I'm I'm just a dad. There's men in it as well. And that then come out and go, wow, I am so much more. Yes, I can do both. I can be a mum, but I'm also a psychic or I'm also um, able to pursue uh, my, my career as a nurse because they've gained this sense of confidence and understanding who they are, but also gaining control of their sensitivities so they can work as a nurse. You know, they're not going to be over, overwhelmed as much yeah. in that space because they know how to protect. They know how to cut cords. They know how um, to work out what's theirs and what's not. Like even just these, these small things has such a big impact on people once you know they gain control of it and understand and embrace who they are um it's it's been magical really watching um watching the the process of people growing and um and then you know looking back and, and people coming to us and it's just it's, it's really great. I never thought about the nurse. Like I never thought about that part of it because I just avoid the news Mm. and things like that. And I think sometimes I I give the impression that I don't care about world events where, you know, I do care, but I feel they're out of my control and I take on that stuff a little bit too much. So it's difficult for me, but I never thought about it about frontline workers and people who are working in these really intense environments who feel called to do that, mm-hmm. but at the same time aren't aware of how to, to stop, you know, from taking on all their work at home. So it's so critical, the, the kind of stuff that you are doing to create yeah. that ripple effect, like you said. Yeah, definitely. And and a lot of empaths are called into the role of nurturer or helper, healer, um, you know, in an industry where they, they need to give something or contribute or feel they need to give and contribute. Mm. Um, so it is imperative of having that self-awareness and exactly what we spoke about earlier, boundaries, you know, knowing that that um, when they need to take a break or need to take time off or things like that. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Kiandra. It's been a fabulous conversation. I know I've learned like a lot. I had no idea there were different types of empaths, for example. Oh, <laughs> so, thank you. It's so great. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you wanted to bring up? Is there, um, I know that, you know, we're going to put the links to the empath school in the show notes and people can keep up with you online. Uh, but feel free if there's anything that you wanted to say that I, I didn't mention or give you a chance to say. Um, I feel like we, we got a lot covered. I feel like there's, I could, speak for hours and hours on end about different topics um yeah but no I just feel really blessed to be able to be a part of this so thank you for the opportunity thank you my friend and we would love to have you back anytime you want to talk about other stuff so thank you oh, so much. I, I would love to thank you so much hi thanks so much for listening to the episode I hope you enjoyed it if you did please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends thank you new episodes every Thursday